I so wish I could find a different word because so many people think that forgiveness is about getting the other person off the hook and it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with letting go of the negative energy within yourself. It's totally a, really a process for oneself. This week, how to respond personally and toward others to the passing of a family member with whom you didn't have a positive relationship. Dr. Karen Sherman shares her very personal story and offers lots of terrific advice to this tricky subject. Stay tuned. Have you signed up for our free weekly newsletter yet? Visit hitchmag.com and click the newsletter link to join. Go ahead, I'll wait. It'll take less than 30 seconds. It's the easiest way to stay up to date on the latest marriage news and information, including each week's new podcast. Again, visit hitchedmag.com and click the newsletter link to join today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hey, Steve. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, We are going to talk today about a – I think it's a pretty tricky subject – um, dealing with mixed family feelings after a death, and uh, Mm -hmm. particularly a death of a a family member – um, before we jump into that, I want to let everybody know that you are listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, uh, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues. Uh, she is an author, and she has a new set of tools out called Pillars for Partnership. It's audio and video tools produced by Karen that can be found at her website, drkarensherman.com. I will repeat this at the end so you can uh, grab a pen and paper and write it all down. Uh, but let's jump back into the topic today, which is dealing with mixed uh, family feelings after a death. Um, and so I just want to kind of set a scenario really quick that, you know, in life and in death, people have their own personal experiences and interactions with others. And some might be great um, and some might not be so great. So a person could be really good to you, but not so good to me, for example. And when dealing with family, these feelings can take on an even more personal tone. Uh, And so when a family member passes away, I wanted to jump right into this and ask you, Karen, how can you begin to resolve those feelings if they weren't so positive uh, while that person was alive? Well, the first thing that I want to say is that One of the common myths is that you have to resolve your issues while the person is alive. I think that that is something that we hear a lot about, you know, that it's really something that's very important that you take care of while the person is alive. And and this is, you know, it's interesting, Steve, because I, I don't know whether listeners realize this or not, but I generally know the topic we're not going to speak about before we actually speak about it. And when I saw this one, um, you know, it, it brought a ping to me because it's, it's personal. Um, I've mentioned previously on podcasts that um, I came from, I came from a very dysfunctional home. And in fact, um, I was not speaking with my father at the time of his death. And um, for a long time previous to his passing, um, 
and and trust me, there was truly reason for me not to be speaking to him. They sent me all sorts of paraphernalia and articles and everything else about, you know, resolve the relationship and it's important and everything. And I didn't. Um, and I resolved it after he passed and it was fine. Uh, I think it's very important that you resolve um, issues, especially about parents, because when you have any emotional baggage that is lingering, it's going to leak somewhere in your life and, you know, uh, stuck you up. I, and I know that that's not correct grammatically, yeah. <laughs> but I purposely did it that way. Yeah. Um, so I think it's very important that you do resolve these issues, but I don't think that it is essential that you do it while the person is alive. It is absolutely possible to do it after they have passed. Okay. So okay. just, so basically, um, if you, if it goes unaddressed, those feelings and emotions will leak somewhere else. So that's yes. why you want to take care of it eventually. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so how would you engage with other family members if they had positive experience with that person and you did not? You know, I, th I think that it's going to take a level of maturity on the part of the person who has had negative experiences to understand that um, the person who was not so nice to you may have had a different persona with the other people and that you're going to have to understand that, you know, for instance, I'll, I'll give you another quick example. Okay. Um, I know that you and Jess do not have children, but I know that when my husband and I went to school and we heard reports about our daughter, our first daughter, and the teacher was glowing, we looked at each other and we said, are you sure you're talking about Lindsay? <laughs> you know? yeah. and, they, and she said, oh, yes. And, and other parents will say the same thing because in school, kids will be terrific because they'll really be working very hard to, to be their best little people. Mm -hmm. And then they get home and they're exhausted. And so they come home and they, they're comfortable and they can just let it all hang out. And then you get these little terrors, you know, yeah. my daughter is absolutely a wonderful person, but when she was a kid, you know, she functioned up like all little kids. So in the same way, I think that just the way maybe Jess or you show your true self to each other or that my husband and I show our true selves to each other, but to the outside world, you are seeing a different persona. The same thing may be true with this family member. And you may have seen a side of that family member that other people were fortunate enough not to see. So when you are dealing with them in the outside world and everybody is saying, oh, he was such a great guy and he was so charming and he was this and that, you've got to try to remember that they were seeing a different person than you and um, be mature enough to recognize that they probably just didn't see the person in the same light that you did. Mm -hmm. Do you think... Um you should mention the other side of that personality or just let them have the memories of that person as they know it, as opposed to what may be more factual. I don't think it's necessary to mention it. You know, why? What's the purpose of it? Yeah. You know, what? It, it's only self-serving. And if that's the way they remember them, that's the way they remember them. I don't think it serves any purpose. Okay. Uh, let's say that let's go. Uh, this is going to get a little dark. Um, let's yeah. say that it was really personal, like abuse. Should you tell your other family members about it so that they 
understand your perspective because they might know that there's a little icy relationship there, but they're, they've always kind of wondered like, you know, you're just tough to get along with or something. Um, should, should you enlighten the rest of the family members on that? Well, let's get personal. I mean, my father was abusive to me. And I think, you know, when this sort of goes to the last question, I, you know, might not necessarily um, talk about my father in disparaging ways. But when family members would come to me and say, you know, why can't you be, you know, nicer about your father? You know, what is your problem? And now they were being negative towards me. Mm-hmm. You know, they were not being respectful towards my feelings. Then I felt I had to defend myself and say, you know, you didn't know everything about him. He was abusive. Mm-hmm. So I I did speak about that. As a matter of fact, at the memorial service, I'll never forget this, the rabbi um, was annoyed at my sister and I. He he literally was not nice to us because we were not saying loving things about him, um, and basically put us down uh, because we couldn't come up with any loving things about him. Well, he didn't know my father, and he had didn't live with our you know our father our entire lives, um, and so you know we had to say he was abusive. You know, you have no right to be putting us down. So I think in that case, you know, you, you might have to say something. Um, so, so really when uh, you, you, it's not like you would just bring it up out of the blue, but if somebody started questioning, um, your, your reactions and responses, they have kind of opened that conversation for you to shed some more light on it. That's correct. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, is it, I mean, we actually already, um, kind of touched on this next question. Is it okay to not resolve your feelings and, and, and let the bad ones remain? But I think you, you mentioned, uh, that really you should resolve it even if it's after death, because you don't want that to leak into the other, um, parts of your life. And and, and I guess on our podcast, you wouldn't want that to leak into your marriage. Correct. Um, And it will. And it will. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, too, because as you were talking about how uh, when you're mentioning the story of your of your daughter and uh, how she was on her best behavior at school and then comes home, you know, this it kind of ties into a lot of what we talk about is where we take advantage of those people closest to us because we're most comfortable with them. Mm-hmm. And we we don't put on that best face all the time. Um, and so uh, it just reminded me of that sort of thing and this type of situation where family is so different because it's um, you don't always give all the courtesies to your family members that you would to a stranger because out of comfort or I don't know what, what else it would come down to. Well, but. No, no, I think that that's exactly right. Well, that's why they have the expression. They say, you know, you ought to treat friends more like family, meaning, you know, extend yourself a little bit more and treat your family more like friends, meaning, you know, um, be a little bit more courteous to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, you get to pick and choose your friends and your friends get to pick and choose you. And if you treat them poorly, you, um, aren't, aren't kind to them. Or if you're somehow abusive to them, they'll just walk family. It's a lot more difficult to do that with, you know, um, I want to flip this topic around really quick here. And, ask you if someone is talking poorly about a past family member 
um, whom you had a positive relationship mm-hmm. with, um, is it appropriate to open that can of worms that we talked about and ask them, like, why do you feel that way? Um, and, and is there a good time to do that? Um, like, at a moment, so let's let's use your example for uh, use your situation for as an example of you know somebody noticed that the rabbi was berating you a little bit um, or not treating you kindly during the service um, because you didn't um, say overtly nice things uh, as somebody who had perhaps a positive experience um, with your family member would it be an appropriate time then to bring it up or or later. Or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, Steve, of course, I'm going to say it depends. You know, I mean, I, I think that, again, I would like to think that people would be mature enough to be aware of the decorum. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I would hope that if you have something that's negative that you're saying, that there's a time and place to be saying it, that you not be making a big show of it um, at a time where it's not appropriate to being uh, you know, where, where everybody's around and you shouldn't be talking, uh, saying nasty things. Um, and, and if I'm the one that has the positive experience, I might just gently come over and say, look, you know, um, I'm not doubting that you may have had a a negative experience. Um, and perhaps at some point, you know, you'd like to talk about that, but perhaps now isn't the right time, um, given that, you know, the entire neighborhood is here and, and, you know, um, your other family members are feeling really awful and everything. So, you know, you might want to do it that way. I think it depends on what the situation is. Okay. I mean, does, uh, does death in these types of situations offer some sort of closure when, when there is a bad relationship there? Uh, not necessarily because, you know, um, Emotions and feelings can sort of span decades, Mm -hmm. distance, whatever. Um, I think certainly um, if somebody, if we, let's go back to the abuse again. Uh, Technically the abuse can end because if the person's dead, they can't abuse you anymore, but uh, the memories are still there. So that's going to continue. Uh, you know, and actually, to that to that point, let's talk about um, you know somebody might have been abused as a child. You know, they're not being abused as an adult, right? Exactly. Um, but but the, those emotions and feelings are still there. So even though yeah. they've passed, those emotions and feelings don't yeah. just pass with them, right? Exactly. So again, um, you know, to some extent, it's like okay, good, they're gone, but not really. So that's why you know you and I both advocate for you need to be working on these issues. Now, the, here's the good news. Um, they can be worked on, mm-hmm. you know, um, absolutely. Um, though the, um, the facts about the situation can't be changed. The energy, the emotion, the feelings around it, that actually can uh, be diminished and so that you're not in pain anymore. I, I no longer am angry at my father. Um, as a matter of fact, I actually feel sorry for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I'm not, you know, upset about what has happened anymore. As a matter of fact, there are times, and I know that this sounds kind of silly, but um, I, I feel it was part of what was necessary for my journey because it has helped me to be the therapist that I am. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's <laughs> that's a lot of growth and 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 change that has happened for you. Yes. Um, I, 
I, I think I know this answer because you had talked about um, come, come, finding peace after his death. Uh, but I think a lot of times people have such a hard time moving forward at, with their relationship with a family member like this um, because they put forward the effort and the other person doesn't reciprocate or they're mm-hmm. unwilling to acknowledge the issue at hand. Mm-hmm. Um I guess I'm just looking <laughs> to you to confirm what what I already know here. But um, can you find peace with it while they're alive, even though they won't they don't want to reciprocate and acknowledging what the issue really is? You know that gets into the whole area of forgiveness, Steve. And I so wish I could find a different word because so many people think that forgiveness is about getting the other person off the hook. And it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with letting go of the negative energy within yourself. It's totally a really a process for oneself. Um, so um, I don't, let's say my father was alive now. I don't have to ever forget what he did to me. I don't have to have anything to do with him. But what I'm doing is I'm letting go of the energy that I have around what he did to me so that I'm no longer caught or stuck or trapped by all the negative feelings that I had. Yeah. And and there are a lot of different situations as well. I mean, there are people who have family members who have addictions. Um, there are people who are just emotional vampires who just mm-hmm. drain them constantly of all these things. So um, I know we've been talking a lot about abuse, but there are many other aspects oh, absolutely. to this that, that you know, can be addressed and um and I like that though that you can um not let them take all of your energy away. You know, I think to me the best example about forgiveness is something I heard about a Holocaust survivor that when she was released from the concentration camp somebody said to her, you know, are you angry at Hitler? And she said, "No." And they said, how can that be? She said, I've already given, given him too much of my time. Why would I give him one minute more? Mm. So yeah. that, you know, and I, I think to me that says it all. Like you can make a choice, though it's hard, about do you want to give up any more of yourself in being upset and angry and frustrated and sad and depressed and all those other negative emotions? Or do you want to move on? Yeah, that's really powerful. I um this <laughs> is gonna flip it on a little bit of a lighter side. Uh one of my one of my favorite movies is The Bronx Tale or A Bronx yeah. Tale. Uh-huh. And there is a scene in that movie where um the kid, he uh, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Um, but there's a kid who's uh he he's got two father figures. One's the gangster and one's his uh, biological father, and his his biological father is um gives him the lessons on like honor and integrity and hard work and et cetera, et cetera. The gangster gives him like the street smarts and like uh-huh. how to, how to uh-huh. stay alive on the streets. So there's a scene in this movie where the, the kid sees a, an, another kid from his neighborhood, look at him across the street and take off running. And he, and he looks at him and he's about to take off running and starts yelling at him. And the, and the gangster boss looks at him and says, what are you doing? He's like, that guy owes me like 20 bucks and I've been chasing him down for the last like three mm-hmm. weeks to try to get my $20. And he mm-hmm. looks at him and says, you know, look at it this way. Let him go. Mm-hmm. You just paid $20 and you never have to talk to him again. Yep. 
And that's Purpose. kind of it. Like I, I, you spent all that time and effort. You can just let it go at any time. Yes. For 20 bucks, he's out of your life forever. Like it doesn't get any better than that. Exactly. Perfect. This was, uh, this one got a little heavy, Karen. And I well, really, really appreciate you sharing your personal story. You know, I don't mean for people to feel bad for me. And I don't mean to go, oh, wah, wah, wah. I tell my personal story because I want people to know that, number one, I, I talk my walk or walk my talk, whatever that expression is. <laughs> yeah. And um, for people to know that it really can be done. You yeah. know, I, I don't mean, I hope it didn't come across as victim, victimized because mm-hmm. that's certainly not what I meant it to be. Um, I want people to know that... Um, bad things can happen and um, you can get past it. Yeah. So I, that is truly from my heart what I hope the message was. Yeah. I, um, I, I, it, it's so, it is so prevalent too, which is kind of the frightening thing about it. And um, I, I haven't had any abuse in my personal relationship, but I know a ton of people who have dealt with it. And I've had long personal conversations with a lot of people and it breaks my heart. And, but on the plus side, like I know a lot of people who have come out the other end and mm-hmm. they all are a lot stronger people because of it. And they really have their stuff together. And so, um, you know, you are a, uh, a shining example of that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let you want to stop there? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We will With a compliment, there. why wouldn't I want to stop there? <laughs> Should have just dropped the mic. Um, okay, we will stop there, everybody. If you have any um, thoughts, uh, questions, concerns, comments on what we just discussed, uh, please feel free to get in touch. You can reach out to us on the social media platforms. Send us some private messages if you want because we know this is personal. And, um, I, I understand marriage in general is personal. You know, this is even a little bit more personal than some of the stuff we normally talk about. Uh, so you can hit us up on Facebook, uh, a message there, direct messages on Twitter. You can email us. We have an email button on our podcast page. We also have uh, a contact page where you can uh, send emails there. You can get get in touch with Karen at her website, drkarensherman.com. Uh, Karen is also on all the, on the uh, Twitter and Facebook and uh, the other big platforms, uh, as are we. And we also have all those uh, Facebook and Google Plus and Instagram and Pinterest buttons on our website. So you can uh, follow us there as well. Um, and so, yeah, so thank you for tuning in and thank you in advance for people who are sharing their stories. And, um, yeah, as Karen mentioned, there is a lot of things you can do, uh, in these situations. Uh, so that will do it for us. And so one last time, I want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Uh, she is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. As I mentioned at the top, she has a new program out. It's called Pillars for Partnership. It is a set of audio and video tools that are produced by Karen. And you can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. You can find uh, links to Karen at our website, hitchedmag.com. And as I mentioned, Facebook, Pinterest, Tumblr, Google+, Instagram, 
etc etc periscope that's a new one we've been uh, playing with a little bit so check that out it's a live video uh, streaming service uh, and it's really cool too because you can ask questions in real time when we broadcast so um, who knows maybe we might do a Q&A on Periscope in sometime in the future uh, so that will do it for us this week uh, one last time thank you so much Karen thank you Steve alright that's going to do it to everybody take care we're on top of the world.